Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Nathan, and today I have a guest host with me, Kirby Mankin. Used to be Kirby Wagner. That's right. What's up, Curbs? I got a name change here in the past two That's weeks. That's pretty significant. Pretty significant. So tell us about that. So two weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving, I made the best decision ever, second to accepting Jesus. I got married <laughs> like, to- Like, yourself real quick. I know. No, no. That, I made the that, best. That I mean, uh, wait, wait, Jesus, uh, Jesus. <laughs> no, it rolled off the tongue. It's true. Yeah, nice. Uh, but I got married to Austin Mankin, and um, it's been an awesome two weeks. Sweet. We started off on such a strong note. The ceremony was about 10 minutes underway, and it started to rain. Mm-hmm. And on top of the 40-degree weather, it made it from an awesome ceremony to an awesome adventure. And thankfully, our reception was kind of indoors under a tent, but uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Totally a memory. Yeah. And the officiant normally like goes a little long and he had to shorten his yes, stuff. Is the that officiant, right? The officiant <laughs> in an uncharacteristic move of genius yeah. <laughs> cut it 45 minutes short probably. Nice, so. nice. Nice. And who was the officiant? Um, the pastor here at our church. Oh, and who is that? So Todd. His name is Todd. Oh, okay. Todd, Todd Wagner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. Well, hey, today, Kirby and I are going to talk to Wes Butler, who's the director of family ministries here at Watermark, and Allison Treadaway, who helps lead The Nest, which is a ministry for for moms. So we know that the holiday season is upon us. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and now we're moving into this kind of crazy season of parties and Christmas and ho-ho-ho and jingle bells and all that stuff. And uh, today, we just wanted to give you guys a resource to help center you in this time and to encourage you to remember the coming of our Lord. We're really privileged today to have in the studio with us Wes Butler. He is the director of family ministries here at Watermark and has been here for quite a while. So Wes, tell us about your family and how you got into the role that you're in today. Yeah. So I am, uh, I've been here on staff at Watermark for 13 years now, and I've been a member since 2002. Uh, my family and I, uh, well, my wife and I came here before we had a family. And uh, and then all four of our kiddos have uh, kind of shown up uh, during that span of time. <laughs> so uh, I have a 14-year-old son, Josiah, uh, who is in eighth grade, a 12-year-old daughter, Sayla, who's in seventh grade. It's going to be amazing if I can do this. I have a nine-year-old son who turns 10. Happy birthday, Malachi, here in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Uh, and he's in fourth grade. And then little Ella is seven years old in second grade. And, nice. uh, and then well Brady done. and I have just celebrated our 20th anniversary. So, Look at you, man. Uh, yeah. So all kinds Congratulations. of Congratulations. Yeah. I love it. We also have uh, to my left, Allison Treadaway, who is uh, a member at Watermark, but serves as the director of the Nest Ministry. Allison, welcome, first of all. And then second of all, tell us about your family. Yes. So um, Marshall, my husband, I'm married to Marshall. Uh, We got married in 2005. We met at Texas A&M University. Oh, I can't hear the whoops. Oh, man, I would really have loved that feedback. Whoop, if I'm you're so glad that we're... So, oh, that's always the one thing that can get a little annoying at times. I understand that. Anyway, so back on track. Uh, we met at Texas A&M University. And we didn't seriously date until we graduated college, moved to Dallas, and both of us came separately for jobs and ended up at Watermark. Funny enough, my uh, college sweet mate's brother was Kyle Richardson, oh, no who way. was the guy that was the yeah, worship, worship head leader, worship yeah. leader guy yeah. when it started. And 
I knew them, and I was like, I'm going to go check out that church, and fell in love with it, and just the mission of this church. That dude can sing, man. Yeah, Yeah, right? So, anyway, so that's how we came here. So, we joined in 2003, and so have been a part of a lot of the things at Watermark, which has been fun. We have three kids. Parker is nine. He's in fourth grade. Callie is seven, and she's in second grade. And then I have Tucker, who just turned five, and he is starts kindergarten next year. So, I'm kind of in this really strange advent of my own (laughs) (laughs) about to enter into the coming of the next stage of chapter of my life so there you have it that's cool well welcome Wes, you're the director of family ministries here at Watermark. What in the world does that mean? I mean, I know that's a very general question, but just give us a sense for, yeah. 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 So I I have the privilege of overseeing all that uh, we do here as a church uh, on the Dallas campus for kind of kids birth through fifth grade. And then specifically our mission is to partner with parents to train up the next generation of fully devoted followers of Christ. So, so much of what we do ultimately is not just what we do with kids when they're in our classrooms or, um, you know, in our small groups. But really trying to uh, uh, encourage parents and empower them for the things that God has called them to do as mom and dad in the home. And so uh, so we try to provide resources each and every week that go along with the things that the kids are learning about in their classes, whether it's crafts or just conversation starters uh, or pertinent to this conversation. We've created things like the Advent Guide, which are tools that we just want to put in parents' hands and say, hey, look, this is a helpful tool to help you in this mission that God has called you to, to be a disciple maker. So Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy six, we're constantly coming back to that and just saying, look, this is not, it's not the church's job to, to raise up this next generation. It is the parents' job. Mm -hmm. The church's job is to equip the saints, you parents who are saints uh, uh, for the work of the ministry. And if we are followers of Christ, then we are all saints. And so this is the ministry that God has entrusted to you. So that's my job is to try to make sure that we as a church are uh, helping parents to carry out that mission and a variety of ways. Allison obviously is a part of that uh, with her ministry at the nest that I know we'll talk about now, but, Mm. um, but yeah, but that's kind of my, my scope and sequence. Yeah, I know around here we have our, we have kind of our watermark lingo, you know, and one of the things that's like anathema around here is to say that we have child care. Yeah, we right? never do child care yeah, here exactly. at Watermark. Yeah, bad <laughs> word. My kids actually, like if they hear someone else use that word in a completely different context, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like someone cussed. They cringe. Like, it's yeah. not really that bad. I yeah. said it's a, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear you. But yeah. I, to reinforce that. So uh, I have a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old who come up here for women's Bible study and, and you know, the two-year-old, you know, he's two, but the four-year-old has, is doing a deal called flight school and does all of his memory verses that he learns while he's here, you know, well, what's cool about it. And that's just Nate, Nate just picks it up. But then Miles, my two-year-old, I've been putting him to bed lately. You know how the kids go through, they want Mm -hmm. mommy, daddy, whatever, but he's in a daddy phase right now. And so I'll go in, read him a story. The story we've been reading lately is the night before Christmas. Off of the house, not a creature was staring. <laughs> not even a mouse. Um, but then um, I, uh, we turn all the lights out, and I sing to him, and just and I'll, I, I ask him like, "Hey, what song do you want to sing?" And the last couple nights, he's been he's been like, "I want to sing Jesus," and I've, I thought he meant uh, Jesus loves me. So I'm like, "Oh yeah," so I launch out into Jesus loves me, which is clearly an awesome song. <laughs> and uh, but then he's like, "No, no, no, Daddy, no, no, no. I want to sing the word Jesus, uh, which is their memory verse. Jesus said, "Follow me." Jesus said, "Follow yeah, me." Jesus said, "Follow me." John one forty three. That's the one he wants to hear because he it's in his head, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's just a 
small example of what we mean by like, hey, we're training our children to walk and follow the Lord. So, dude, I love, I, I don't tell you this enough, but I love your ministry and I'm grateful for uh, how the Lord's using you. Thanks, using brother. You here. So, but then Allison, um, help us to understand what the nest is. So, the, yeah. I mean, clearly a lot of moms are involved in this. Like what goes on? Why do you do the nest? Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. So I'm so glad to be here. And um, the goal of the nest is to nurture, encourage, strengthen, and train moms as we are raising the next generation to be passionate followers of Christ. And so the nest is lay leader led. Um, so I'm not I'm not paid. I'm a volunteer to do this. And it started from a heart of. Um, there was a mom that was just struggling with postpartum depression and just going from the working world where you're constantly getting affirmation for doing a job well done to to being home now with her child. And she was like, I'm kind of drowning. And uh, she reached out to uh, uh, Millie Hale, who is um, another member at this church and just loves the Lord and knows scripture and says, hey, come come remind me of why I'm doing this and the purpose, the big mm-hmm. picture. And it started off as basically a play group. Um, and Millie would just come and say, hey, it gets better. Hey, don't forget, you know, where you're headed. And she would just paint this picture. And then about a year after them literally just playing the babies that were nursing and being laying there sleeping, et cetera, started crawling and moving and moms couldn't have conversation anymore. And we reached out to our church and said, Hey, can, can we think we have something here? Like, like, can we get help watching these, these one and a half year olds so we can actually like equip some moms and, and our watermark being the amazing church that it is was like, Hey, we see value in that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so thus started the nest. It used to be like 40 people in a room and we'd like the week before ask somebody to come and teach us something that we needed to hear, <laughs> you know, and yeah. fast forward it now. It's been 10 years mm. and now it, we're a little bit more of a well-oiled machine and yeah. we, we plan and, and prepare our events. And, um, and so what that looks like is we have one event a month for the school year. So nine events a year. And moms get to sign up and they take their kids to the kids ministry program. And so you you get to bring your kiddos for like all the kids you have for like five bucks and you drop them off and they're getting discipled while Mm -hmm. you're up in a different room getting breakfast, brunch, coffee and just community with other moms that are doing life Mm -hmm. um, with you. And you get taught from the word about things that that matter about parenting, what the Bible mm-hmm. has to say about parenting, all the things that kind of relate to it. So, yeah, it's such a yeah. crucial element. I mean, I know, so there, there's four couples in my community group and mm-hmm. prior to obviously being married and having kids, you, you don't really have a conception of what this looks like, but just watching how um, being a mom can, can be a very lonely can thing. Be. Yeah. You're sitting there with your kids day in, day out, like, you know, Groundhog Day. And and uh, a lot of times, it, it you know, it can feel like, man, is anybody else in this boat with me? And so I love it that moms have a yeah. place to come and, and, yeah, and be equipped and, you know, all those things. For sure. Yeah, you can lose perspective real easily because you do the same thing over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And you kind of go, man, what? Wow. Okay. And so the nest, that's what we do. We just try to nurture and encourage our moms because they need it Mm. and then strengthen and train them so they can walk out and do the same for their families. Yeah. I love it. I love it. One of the reasons I asked you guys to come sit in here with us is because so many families, 
you know, Thanksgiving happens, which is chaotic a lot of times. I mean, families coming in, families going, even if they're not, you're, you know, probably going to somebody's house to share a big meal. And it, it can just feel um, a lot of times the most peaceful time of the year is not very <laughs> peaceful. And, uh, and then it's crazy because obviously, and even now, a lot of retailers are opening their doors on Thanksgiving night, right? So people like eat and watch a little bit of football and then bam, it's off into commercialization of Christmas land, Black Friday. And then it feels like I know everybody probably listening to my voice right now understands what I'm talking about. It feels like a rat race to mm-hmm. December the 25th, where it's just like, okay, cr- f- uh, parties at the office, uh, family uh, calendar parties with whoever else, you know, families coming into town. We got to prep for all that. We got to do a Christmas meal. We got to buy all these presents for all these people. Who do I buy a present for? Do I pro- buy a present for Kirby or not? Do I buy yes. a present for Allison? Or- yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> right. And it just feels like what in the world is going on? And then a lot of times just my own personal experience you get to christmas and you almost like take a deep breath and you're like okay we probably ought to read the christmas story where is the bible somebody oh there it is bring it over here all right kids sit around this is luke 2 you know and uh, there were shepherds in the field watching their flock by night and it just feels um as a family it feels very a lot of times can be very out of control and and uh, it hasn't always been that way. I think just like Easter is one of the hallmark calendars on the Christian liturgical calendar, and for good reason, Jesus is risen from the dead, right? <laughs> but there's a season leading up to Easter that helps prepare people for the reality of the atoning death of and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's called Lent, right? The Lenten season. And um, people focus during that time. It's a physical practice that people do in order to help them stay focused on the reason for the celebration of that season. And in the same way, Christmas, which is um, obviously the celebration of the birth or the incarnation of the Son of God, the Advent is the season in between Thanksgiving and uh, December the 25th that helps us center around that reality, the fact that Jesus has come. And so, I've got a couple of different things I just want to mention about, you know, that where did Advent come from and what's what's the purpose of that? I mean, actually, so Advent is from a Latin word, and that is from a Greek word, which literally just means the coming uh, of somebody, right? Or something is coming. And uh, early, early on, it's this is really fascinating. In the early church, people did not celebrate people's birthdays. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but it, it, nobody really celebrated. In fact, a lot of people probably didn't even know them when they were born. However, especially in the early church, people celebrated the, the date of people's death. And the reason they celebrated the date of people's death is because in the early church, that was the date of that people commemorated for their spiritual birthday or the entrance into a realization of eternal life. Um, eternal life begins now, but now they're fully in the presence of God. And so, really, a lot of times we are uh, in, in this instance, we don't have a whole lot of information about Advent from very early on because it's just not there. Like, nobody really cared, cared that much, to, to be honest with you. When Advent did start to become practiced, it really was a, a response to some early Christian heresies that were going on around this idea of Gnosticism, which we'll probably do a podcast about Gnosticism in the future, but we haven't done that yet. Anyway, stay tuned. <laughs> but um, in this in this council in the late 300s uh, is the first time that there's any kind of mention of, hey, we probably ought to practice some stuff. 
in order to stay away from the paganism that's kind of infiltrating the church. So let's start to do these things in late December in order to prepare our hearts for um, the coming of Christ. But I think what's interesting is, is that for a long time, Advent was kind of a dual, there was a dual meaning to the Advent season. One of them was the first coming of Jesus. He's born as a child, right? The the second person of the Trinity becomes a man, like put that in your pipe and smoke it. What in the world, right? So the, um, the second person of the Trinity becomes a man. So that's the first coming. But then equally as important as that was the second coming of Jesus, the, the resurrection, the judgment of the nations, the, the putting evil right, like all of, all of that was encompassed for a long time in this Advent season. So it wasn't just a, okay, Jesus is born, the end, right? It was a Jesus is born and also that institutes and inaugurates this entire new kingdom, right? This kingdom life that we're, that we're being reminded about. And so for a very long time, Advent was practiced like that. The first two weeks would focus on the second coming of Jesus, the fact that he is the, um, he's not just a suffering servant. He's a warrior king who's going to judge the nations and set everything right. And then the second two weeks leading up to Christmas um, would focus on his first coming, that he comes as a child. Recently, though, in the mid-1800s and going into the turn of the 20th century, there was a pretty significant shift toward commercializing Christmas. And so, with the rise of retail stores and executives, uh, um, people writing poems like The Night Before Christmas, and executives sitting in their office thinking of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and and uh, Santa Claus becoming Santa Claus in the United States, it kind of became where the church was like, you know what? We're not really going to fight the social thing that's going on here and fight for the fullness of the advent of the second coming. We're just going to hang out and chill on the first coming of Jesus, right? And so that's where you saw a lot of advent calendars just focus on the first coming of Jesus. But I think it's really significant to just make that point. Like advent means so much more than just Jesus is born. There's a much fuller meaning there. And so, Wes, I'll push it over to you first. Yeah. Just so, what do you see, first of all, just about that fuller meaning, and then also some of the common practices that people do today during the Advent season? Yeah, I love the uh, so uh, the idea of Advent being the coming. And mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the things that, you know, so I, I thought about other words that come from that. So, the word adventure, right? Mm-hmm. We've, in our culture, we've kind of reduced adventure down to a two-hour movie that we go and we sit in and we watch and we go, oh man, that's amazing. And yet, you know, to to take a story like uh, Lord of the Rings and to realize that if I were a character in the midst of that story, the angst that I feel, you know, as Frodo going, wait a minute, I've been handed this ring and I'm supposed to do what? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things that Advent does for us because the reality is we're all living within our own Advent, as you said, you know, the Advent of there's this coming that is going to happen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus, you promised that you would come back. And yet we all live in the angst of, gosh, sometimes I feel like I'm Frodo on Mount Doom, yeah. you know, wondering how in the world am I going to get out of here yeah, or how's that good. ring going to get in there? And and so to connect our hearts back to the Old Testament characters who lived that out, mm-hmm. right? Who heard these promises of God, uh, even to, you know, put ourselves in that 400 years of silence yeah. from when Malachi kind of drops the mic and then we wait to see if this thing What's is gonna really going to happen. Gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the reality is, is that we're kind of living in our own 400 years right. in some respects. We have the book of Revelation that's telling us this is coming. And so it's so good for us, I think, as believers on this adventure of our own, this waiting, this coming, mm. to live that out. And so I think Advent just presents us this unique opportunity as parents, especially, to engage our kids and to let them understand that, hey, what you feel, that angst that you feel naturally in your heart is a right and good thing because we know that the second coming hasn't happened, that the story isn't over yet, and that we're still waiting on uh, not baby Jesus anymore, but mm. King Jesus to come yeah. riding in to make, as Tolkien said, all the sad things come untrue. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I love Advent because it, it really connects us back. And I think what it does so well is to connect us back to the reality that the gospel it was a story. It is a story. And uh, so often in kind of our, our church practices, we reduce it to kind of bullet points, you yep. know, so I know the we're Roman do road. The, yeah, yeah, the Romans road. And it's great. And the Romans road is so helpful for us to explain the tenets of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And yet the reality is that the gospel is the story that took shape from Genesis one all the way through. So I think Advent uniquely connects us back. If we do it right, it connects us back to, hey, we're, we're right in the middle of this story, mm-hmm. of our own story. And so here's this historical story that we're going to walk back through from creation to the fall to the promise to Abraham and, and all the way through. And then to acknowledge that, gosh, we're, we're living our own mm-hmm. version of that Advent. And yeah. so just to connect kids back to the story, connect families back to mm-hmm. the story and to realize that really God has done us a favor. You know, G.K. Chesterton said uh, in talking about story, he just said, you know, that uh, that story is this thing that, that helps us to come back and realize that God is, he says, he is a father who is younger than we are, that we have sinned and grown old. Mm-hmm. And yet our father is the one who continues to go, hey, sun, sunrise, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Just yeah. like the child who goes, daddy, throw me up in the air again. Mm-hmm. And so to come back to these stories that sometimes feel rote and gosh, I've done this every day of my life, you know, and I know this again. And yet to see it through the wonder of a child's eyes Mm -hmm. and to say, hey, I've sinned and grown old, but I I want to be young again. I want these stories to awaken in me this reality that there is this baby in the womb who is the maker of the moon. And uh, and just to be stand in awe of that. It's amazing to me, too, how like remembering in those ways is such a powerful spiritual discipline. I mean, most of the time we relegate spiritual disciplines down to, did you read your Bible every day and did you pray? And maybe did you share faith or something like that? But the disciplines when practiced uh, appropriately, they're tangible ways for us to remember, mm-hmm. to be called out of our dream world of, you know, the the confusion and, and the growing old and to be called back into reality with a big R. That's what I love about not only has Christ saved us from our sins and redeemed us, but he's done that for a reason. And what is that, that grand meta narrative, that story that, that we fit into? And this, this season, especially, and also the Lenten one, are ones that are unique in the Christian liturgical calendar. And liturgy is just the, the, the practical working out of the things to do in remembrance of the actual event. And they're unique seasons for us to hit pause and and slow down and, and remember. Yeah. That's a really powerful thing. Yeah, and I think one of the errors potentially that kind of 
infiltrated the church, especially when it came to children's ministry and the way that we, we serve children is that we liked to tell Bible stories. Mm. And uh, and yet the Bible stories for a long time just weren't really connected. Yeah, when I think right. about my my yep. growing up, I knew all the Bible stories, yep. you know, and mm. I, I would marvel at Samuel laying in bed and hearing Samuel, Samuel and, and Eli saying, that's yeah, God talking yeah, to you, yeah. you know, like that's an awesome story. But what does that have to do with yeah. next week? We came back and we're talking about Jonah and the whale. Yeah, what does yeah, that have yeah, to do right. with anything? Right. And I there was think, nothing to like connect them. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's been this resurgence, I would say, through folks like Sally Lloyd-Jones, who wrote mm-hmm. the Jesus Storybook Bible, the gospel project that Lifeway, you know, has done, a lot of churches use to really come back and say, hey, let's connect mm-hmm. these stories. Mm-hmm. Let's help our kids to understand that there is a big story that we're all a part of yeah. and uh, and that, that Jesus fits into, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and doesn't just fit into, but he is the center of. And, uh, and so Christmas, I think, very uniquely gives us that opportunity to do that because of the center point of all of creation for yeah. the fullness of yeah. time had come. He entered into yeah. our world. He's here. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so just that, that ability for us to recapture, mm-hmm. this is just one big story, yeah. you know, yeah. and at the center of the story is this baby. We hope you enjoyed this conversation today. And just remember, this is part one of our Advent series. So tune in next week for part two with Allison and Wes. And if you enjoyed this, share with your friends, subscribe. And if you have any questions, email us at equippingpodcast at watermark.org. Peace.